Hello, everybody. Welcome to the special edition of Frame Trap. It comes once a year. It's time for Noodles and Broth, one of the best times of the year. And joining me for this very special episode is Michael Hubert. Hello. Bradley Ellis. Yeah. And Brandon Jones. <laughs> Yummy. Yummy. Yeah, so what, what this episode is, the reason it's different from a normal frame trap, is it entirely consists of uh, impressions from the show floor, games that we played both big and small. Uh, if you've never seen it before, this segment has also gotten mired in lore that I try to have as much fun with as possible. And uh, we are going to have uh, a little introduction to this episode of Noodles and Broth. We are going to continue the story. Damiani, if you would please... Play the music. The year is 2021. It's been two years since the D-Virus outbreak and the ultimate failure to activate the Devil Trigger seal. The United States declared martial law soon after the outbreak, but quickly, qu but quickly succumbed to the overpowering brutality of the D-Virus. The general population, what's left of them, is scattered and scared. They hide in whatever hovels they can find, taking bleak comfort in each other. In spite of the rampant chaos, or perhaps because of it, one mega corporation is thriving. Their name, the Jinra Synthetic Food Corporation. Once per week, remaining residents who think they have sufficient cooking skills can sign a waiver. They are then blindfolded and transported to a non-disclosed laboratory. The cooks have to present innovative dishes to the corporation. If they impress well enough, they will be allowed to work within Jinra Tower, safe from the D-Virus. Supposedly, Jinra uses these dishes as research in an effort to improve their synthetic food. Because Jinra controls the entire country's food supply, they control the country. Today, we join three individuals who aspire to join Jinra's ranks. Their assigned dish, ramen. Let's see if they have the skills to impress the Mega Corporation. And that is our setup for this year's Noodle and Broth. We have three aspiring chefs in an undisclosed, non-disclosed laboratory. <laughs> Uh, and what, what, the way this is going to work is I'm going to ask each of my panelists for a noodle, and that'll be a big game that really just impressed and lived up to expectations, or maybe perhaps exceeded expectations. And then the broth, a game that is not necessarily small, but maybe less, lesser known, not commanding as much attention as the biggest things, um, to kind of, to kind of complement their big, their big noodles. Brad, I want to start oh, with you. Oh, shoot. All right. And I want to start <clears throat> with your noodles. What are you going to do to so, try to get into Jinra uh, Tower? Chef, the noodles I am bringing are not your typical noodle you might not be familiar with. Okay. These noodles are from somewhere deep, dark, and spooky. The noodles I am bringing is Doom Eternal. That's my presentation. That's it. Thank you. You're allowed into the tower. Congratulations. <laughs> Uh, holy jeez, man. Played Doom today with Hubert. So Doom 2016 brought Doom back into my life. Mm -hmm. Like, Doom 3 
whatever. Then after Doom 3, I haven't played Doom for it for a long time. The Doom 3 disrespect. The yeah, Do yeah. Dude, whatever, man. Sure. I like it. Enough with the flashlight. Like <laughs> Get out of here. Anyways, Doom 16, phenomenal. We all loved it. Yes. Here comes Doom Eternal. Taking everything they learned from Doom and just making it better in pretty much every single way. How do you make something that's so good even better? More mobility, more variation, making you use all your tools. So, Ben, as you know, and Huber, as you know... Because we both played it. We got a... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was playing with Huber. Sick. Yeah. We got a lot of new coming to the table. We got a lot of new weapons. We got a lot of new abilities. We got the we got the dashes now. We're dashing all the time. We got the ju double jump, of course. It's back. But now we can grab stuff. We're climbing. We're platforming. The platforming is actually really fun and works works well. I know you can uh, attest to that, Chef. Yes, I can. Um, you are definitely Chef pandering right now. Your corporation pandering. This is how I live. It's, but don't uh, lie. So you're, something that Doom sixteen, don't Doom sixteen, Doom twenty sixteen. Uh, was praised for is how well it did the secrets um, and how much fun it was to collect all of them and to do all the challenges and that sort of thing. Uh, but in Doom Eternal, you can there's it's more there's it's more vertical. Yes. You've got wall climbing now. You've got the grappling hook. Um, how did you feel like that stuff affected exploration? Uh, I just felt like even more of a badass as the Doom Slayer. I felt. Even more unstoppable. I thought Doomslayer from 2016 was a psychopath already. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm on a whole nother level now. Like injected with geo stigma going around. <laughs> We're soldier first class Doom guy now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and these new guns you get, the grappling hook, dude. I won't, the first time I grappling hooked something and just shot him with the double barrel shotgun. Yeah. Zip, the biggest <laughs> smile across my face. Brad, I like. How you're taking the Doom Slayer, somebody who's already like immensely iconic oh. and awesome, and being like, "Well, now they're Final Fantasy VII status. <laughs> now oh, they're they are. first class." There was a moment in the demo. There's a big BFG shooting off in the demo, like the BFG Ten Thousand. Yeah. You yeah, see yeah. the distance, make your way for the level. The Doom guy goes in the BFG cannon and shoots himself out of it into the next location. Mm -hmm. This guy is stopping for nothing. <laughs> uh, ben, I love the new weapons you got. The grenade launcher and yeah. the flamethrower. So, like the original game, you could do the uh, the finishing kills to get health. Now you could also set guys on fire to get um, armor. Or you can, if you uh, melee kill them a lot, you'll build up like a blood meter. I forgot exactly what it's called. Yeah. But it'll unleash like a, a devastating melee attack. When it's ready, it, it does this like, like demonic Bang. chant. Yeah, it goes... <laughs> like I punched like 10... I'm not even exaggerating. 10 dudes and they all exploded. And then you also have the, the chainsaw to slice them Which up. Which gives you, you the ammo. Right. And it gives you ammo and you well, case you're low on that. What's great about it, they're all just bound to... I played on PC, obviously. Mm -hmm. They're all bound to individual keys. So it's really easy to switch between this. And the game has yeah. a really good flow and is designed really well to make you want to like keep all these in mind. If you if you neglect one of these for too long, it'll really start to affect you. I was use the double barrel shotgun, just having a good old time, dude. I'm like, oh man, I forgot the chainsaw. Cut some dude in half. Ammo comes flying out of it. <laughs> uh, back in business, baby. Brad, something you said that completely lined up with my own impressions after I played it was you're absolutely right. How Thoroughly, you have to use not just every single weapon that you have, but every single mode of of death that you have. Mm -hmm. You need like uh, enemies just swarm you so much, and the composition of the enemies that you're fighting, like 
there's so much strategy in any single encounter, especially in the combat arenas that you get into. You, like, never stop moving, and the game yeah. gives you even more tools to allow that to happen and just feel even more fluid. You can, like, grab off stuff now and swing through. The double dash or dash obviously helps a lot. Like, you're in these battle arenas. You're not stopping moving. You're going up and down through everything. You're taking cover briefly. You're just going all over the place. You're switching guns constantly. Yeah. It's great. As somebody who loves Doom 2016, yes. who brought it to the Hall of Greats and played it not that long ago, um, did you feel like this was, was more difficult? Was it easy to adapt to? Um, did you find it, I guess, more <clears throat> surprising than Doom 2016? I would say it, it's a little more tactical, I would say, just from the new... Um, Things they've added. I wouldn't know necessarily if it's more difficult until I got further in the game. Yeah. There was points where I was like, I'm gonna die, kind of thing like that. Like I had to I had to really pay attention. But I uh I was surprised at how well it was. I like loved Doom 2016 and this just blew it out of, like it just like blew it out of the water, honestly, to me. It's just that much better to me now. And I I played for like 12, 15 minutes. Uh, Huber, as somebody who reviewed 2016 and has an official certificate of authenticity from, given it a nine. from the, uh, <laughs> the Jinra Corporation and in terms of, like, shotgun authority, yeah. how did you feel about Doom Eternal? 100% everything is everything Brad has said. 100% agree with all of it. Really appreciated the difficulty. Uh, it's, I was constantly near death, but it was because I wasn't tuned to like the rotations of having to use all the abilities yeah so i imagine like getting all of that just muscle memory you're just going to be like an unstoppable killing mm -hmm. machine but you have to work for it you have to earn it like brad was saying i ran out of ammo so many times and like that's awesome because in doom 2016 it's like i'm only using the shotgun yeah. i'm never really going to change it you know and they found a way to really make you use all your tools and all your weapons uh, without it feeling cheap or annoying, you know? Like, switching back and forth and using the, the melee kills and the chainsaw, mm -hmm. like, it all feel everything feels so good that it's, like, a pleasure to just kind of swap around. Um, Huber and Brad. Yes. There, for the demo, uh, there were only two difficulties available. It was basically easy and normal. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like playing other shooters other single-player shooter campaigns on normal difficulty if you have like any competency with shooters you can just kind of sleep through them yeah. and it gets to a point where you're just you're not even really thinking about it and in this doom eternal demo it was like the exact opposite mm -hmm. where things would hit you so hard things would be so fast and they actually required strategy to get through that it, it was like man i wish every game could feel like this i wish every game could have moments feel like engaging from beginning to end like all killer no filler and I, I think is just what it, and obviously it's a demo i think it's easier to tune it for a demo may not necessarily be the case for the full game but if it is representative of what we're gonna get i was just like extremely 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 impressed. uh there was one funny moment too when mike was playing hmm. when he started playing i heard him i hear him go how do i turn these headphones up <laughs> and the guy goes like, oh, he's like, he's like, oh, it's right here. He's like, yeah, I'm turning it up all the way. <laughs> max like, it. I was like, give me max volume. Max volume. Please. Like shouting it in the little room. It was awesome. It's like, I want to blow my ears out. Yeah, I listen to that real loud too. That soundtrack, man. Yeah. It makes you want to kill demons. Mick Gordon, it's man. Perfect. Alleged is a Doom Slayer in his own right. A Doom Slayer, yes. Um Yeah. I, 
it's it's obviously building off Doom 2016 quite heavily, and so they have a very incredibly solid foundation there. But as somebody who has played a lot of press demos, and yes, I have a strong affinity for Doom already, but it was one of the the most polished and impressive yes. like press demos I've ever yeah. seen. It, I when we when Huber and I played Overwatch for the first time at BlizzCon, we jokingly yeah. said, yeah. "Like, hey, you can." This is done. Like, you yeah. can just release this. Like, it's good to go. <laughs> yeah. I felt the same confidence in Doom Eternal, uh, which was really cool. I want to go back to the double barrel shotgun, the grappling hook. Mm-hmm. Um, because you get that, and then kind of right away it's like, hey, like, here's how you use it. Did you find it useful throughout the demo? Were you, were you finding reasons to grapple on an enemy, get in their face, and shoot them? Yes. Beyond just... Obviously, the inherent coolness yes. of it. I was like jumping huge gaps and grappling on a guys to just cover mm-hmm. the distance too, and getting a sweet kill out of it. Yeah, Plat- platforming is incredible. It's like jump, double jump, dash, swing, grapple, grab a wall. Just all that working together. It, it all the platforming felt so good. Mm-hmm. Like to have to have the Exploration, the platforming, and the shooting, all of them working together, feeling as good as it does, like, just release it. (laughs) Release it And the demo just did a really good job of setting the tone and, like, the story and who you are. You're walking through the space station all slow. Mm -hmm. Everyone's, like, afraid of you, like, backing up. Yeah. You could take the guy's key yeah. card and just drag him across, it open was, it. It was like the humans were more afraid yeah. of the Doomslayer than the demons. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, holy shit. As they should be. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, were two other, there were two other aspects that I actually think are really, really cool um, that we haven't touched on yet. And the first of those is the extra lives system. Yeah. That it is. Yeah. So um, as you're going through the demo, the, and you can see this in the gameplay reveal that they did at QuakeCon, um, but as you're going through the demo, you'll get one-ups. And what that is, is if you have a one-up available and you'll, you die, you'll actually be able to revive at that spot. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh man, does that kind of take the threat out of combat encounters? And it's super, it does two things. It super doesn't because the way that this is tuned is I feel like it actually is, is harder and more hard-hitting than it is in Doom 2016. Like, you go up against a strong enemy, and it's like two hits and you're down. Mm-hmm. And so it just becomes something that you really need. And it also kind of becomes a strategy where it's like, okay, I know that, like, this area is not that bad, and there's a way worse area later, so I have to be extra careful here and not do something stupid because I'm going to need that extra life later on. And so it plays into the strategy, but it also encourages exploration because these extra lives are kind of in tricky spots, and I actually got to play through the demo twice. Um, And in the combat arena that you're in, the final combat arena, uh, it's easy to miss if you're not paying attention, but at the very top there is mm-hmm. an extra life. And so in the midst of this chaos against all these enemies that are just constantly spawning in, if you can actually find the time to go and jump and get up there, you get an extra life, and it just feels really yeah. cool. Um, and it's cool. The demons are like like a military faction almost, right? You have the... You have the like uh, the grunt soldiers kind of at like war, like the, the infected like, the humans or whatever, which is which is classic Doom, like yeah. the imps fighting the soldiers or whatever. <clears throat> but like the, when the demons are working together, you have like Hell Knights just charging at you. Yeah. You have the Archon things like spawning like shield barriers, just like he was like up on a little nook, just like 
in a corner, just like spawning magic. <laughs> you have things flying, like just pecking at you. It's it's crazy. There's a lot to chaos. Out. Yeah. yeah. Um, the second thing that I want to talk about that is also really cool and again plays into the strategy is the destructibility that how you can kind of break off pieces of some of the demons. enemies yeah and it gets really 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 important and a, the a perfect example that i encountered in my demo was the arachnatron um they have this tail gun and it will just do an incredible amount of damage to you but you can specifically target that part of the arachnatron break it off and then they won't have access to that and there are some weapons that are better at doing that than others so like if you use the rocket launcher what you can do is you can like left click fire and then time it right and then right click yeah. and blow it up manually and if you if you do that it's really effective against like this this cannon that the arachnatron has and when you time it right there's like a little ping letting you mm -hmm. know that you 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 hit it successfully um and i just i love that i think yeah, that's so great. cool um but bradley ellis the danger that you're running into is that your noodles are so good, you're gonna need some some broth to balance that I got intense flavor out. <clears throat> a very different kind of broth, okay, to balance it out. Very so different we'll kind see. of noodles, very different kind of broth. We will see. What is your oh? Broth? Do you want me to do the? I want you to broth? do it right now, unless okay. anybody else has anything to say about Doom Eternal. I'm ready to uh... rip and tear. I'm ready to rip and tear, and I'm also, I really want to try, I'm so intrigued about that multiplayer component. Because yeah. there's not going to be a traditional multiplayer at all now, it's just that... Wait, no, they said there's battle modes and then... There's the invasion stuff, too. The invasion yeah. stuff, but not, I don't think it's having, like, a deathmatch. Death okay, I'm actually not yeah. sure, you're making me doubt myself because I thought I, I read something where it's like... It's there. They oh. have other modes as well. In addition to, like, they have standard multiplayer modes and battle mode. Yeah, maybe they're probably I, just showing off the new mode. Maybe there. I read it will have it, and I thought it said it won't. Not sure. I probably got a, my words mixed up. Might be, might be. But yeah, it's still so, intrigued. Like, potentially has standard modes, battle mode, and invasion yeah. on top of that. On top of the campaign. It's crazy. Um, like my noodle, the broth is not from this world. This broth is an interstellar broth. Ah, okay. Damiani fact checking yeah. us. Thank you. Uh, Doom Eternal will not have deathmatch multiplayer. Yep. Cool. You were right, Huber. The broth I'm bringing is carrion. Yes! Oh. I'm so glad you got to check yes. this out. So, oh. Yes, Jones. Yes. So carrion is a 2D side-scrolling, kind of like Metroid going through areas, unlocking new stuff, progressing. Instead of like horror movies where monsters are chasing the heroes or whatever the whole time, you are the sick freak monster. <laughs> You are killing people, you're eating them, you're devouring, you're, you are some crazy flesh blob. You're that a freaker. You're a, you're a damn freak. That's <laughs> right, man. You're a damn freak. You're, you're just some weird pus thing of flesh going around killing people, eating them, creeping through vents. This game controls so good. Wow. It, I, w I played it immediately and I was like, wow, I feel so in control. This feels great. Even though that you're just a blob, you, did you yes. feel like it was super intuitive? I felt like an agile blob. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that's like my, one of my, my, my first probably only biggest question between me and this game is when I saw the trailer for it, it was like, how hard is this? Because it looks like this person's just kind of moving the analog stick and so and it starts off pretty just... easy like that jones you're killing like just normal like civilians or scientists probably right. who are unarmed 
Eventually, there's guys with guns shooting at you, so you got to devour them. You can also, like, grab them and just throw them into stuff. <laughs> Brad, important question. Yes. Do you feel like a soldier first class blob? <laughs> I feel like the meteor black materia coming to the planet, ready to crush it. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Dang. Like, I am a force of nature in this thing. But there's other, like, I ran into other um, humans later on that had flamethrowers, Jones. And they were a little harder to bite through with armor, but I was able to grab them and drown them in the water. Dude. And they go... Yeah. Do you have a health bar? Yes, okay. you, like, do. So, as you eat people, you kind of grow in mass, and if you get hurt too much, you'll shrink. Mm. But there is, like, hives that kind of count as your checkpoints you go to, where you could go, you play, like, you, like, infect this area. Like, the whole, all the levels end with, like, a door, and you usually need to hit a couple points to infect it so you can open this door. Okay. Later on, Jones, you can also change, like, bigger mass. And I got <laughs> new abilities. So one of the first abilities I got was, like, a web you'd shoot at guys. And they can get stuck on the wall. They're like, ah, like, freaking out. <laughs> then you could, like, eat them or whatever after that. Yeah. But then you get your other form, Jones, where you're all huge. And you just get some crazy charge. And you're able to bust through, like, uh, walls now that you couldn't before. But you lose the web ability. So you're encouraged oh. to go back mm. to places and change forms every now and then if you have to progress through the level. Cool. Okay, so I I like the fact that you're being limited, but I could also see, especially as things expand over time, like that maybe being annoying where it's like, okay, I'm, I've got a good flow going, and then I run into this obstacle. Oh, I got to go all the way back. And so the change so like again. it's like laid out like a met like you're it feels like you're going through a zone from like Symphony of the Night or Metroid, yeah. but they're not very long. The developer told me it has, like, a hub world kind of like Zelda, is mm. what he told me. I didn't see it, so but this is what he told me. And he said he's, they treat the dungeons as, like, these levels. So apparently you go into these, like, dungeons that are just, like, the stages or, the like, the zone you go to, and you go through, like, a couple levels. Yeah. And each level probably takes, like, five to ten minutes. There's no map, but the way it's designed is it's not confusing. It's not very confusing, so you kind of know where you're going. He's like, yeah, we're really influenced by Dark Souls, like, how's layout. We don't want a map. So I pretty much like knew kind of like, I'm like, oh, yeah, over there. I know where I'm going now. Or I find like a new little secret area. I'm like, oh, okay. Then I'd hit a switch and something would like open up. I'm like, oh, I know exactly where that is. Cool. So I was never really lost, but there was a sense of exploration. Cool. Uh, question. You, you talked about like drowning that guy and, yeah. and just kind of the creative things that you can do. Do you feel like the game is is kind of necessitating that with maybe like environmental dangers or specific enemy types? Or is it like just kind of, hey, you have all these different ways to kill them, go nuts, do whatever you want? So from what I played, it seemed early on and it felt like to me they were just introducing me to the ideas of sure. this kind of thing like that. So maybe later on it'll be more like you have mm -hmm. just more tools, I guess. Um when, when it, you mentioned, like, all this mutation and all the things you can do and just the way that you move and how you increase and decrease in size, that just seems to naturally lend itself to puzzles. Mm -hmm. uh, did you encounter There was, puzzles? like, so you have, with your, 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 your flesh grip, you could open doors and just rip them flesh off. Flesh grip. Later on, you could, like, pull switches with stuff. I could use the webs I was doing to shoot through stuff I couldn't reach to, like, hit a switch or something like that. Mm -hmm. So very light puzzle elements. I did get, it, like, an unlockability. It was almost like the Predator cloak. There was lasers, and if I'd cross through it, it would shut a door. But then I got this Predator cloak, and I could sneak by. So it was a laser puzzle. I not, not in the sense you're thinking. <laughs> I'm, not I'm not turning lasers yeah, yeah, yeah. anywhere. Oh. <laughs> 
But you can't just abuse this power. You have to like absorb electricity from a panel, so you can only do it a little amount. Uh, was the ship interesting? Because like what? I wasn't just, just, just. I just wasn't. I don't think it was just a ship. Because it was. It seemed, space it seemed like, I'm just. I got alien so on the brain. It so seemed, it's like, it's the first not. area kind of had like that alien kind of vibe. Then I went out somewhere and there's like plant life. So like the, it changed. It changes it, up the location. Or like, the, the trailer yeah. made it look like kind of you're the centerpiece. Like it's mm -hmm. like it's like almost like the more generic the backgrounds are, the more fun it is to just rip them up because it just reminds you of classic like B movie yeah. horror. Um, so I, I was curious if like was do you ever get a sense of like a little bit of wonder of like ooh what's this place yeah like when because I was in <clears throat> some little more darker areas for a little bit then it started to get brighter cool. there's plants and everything green life going I'm like okay killing nice. guys in new locales I'm down when you're when you're creeping up on these these enemies you these... could actually creep too <laughs> so if you're too if you like go through two stuff people could hear you but you could actually like creep through <laughs> so there was this part I really loved man classic movie horror part. There's two guys below me with guns, and there's two vents, and yeah. I'm up here, and when they're walking around, I'm on top of them, I'm like, then I get the other guy. Felt like a predator. Felt like a xenomorph. That reminds me of the 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 Half Life guys, where they're yeah. stuck to the wall and they yeah. have long tongues, mm -hmm. and they drag Blah. you up, and then yeah. start did they freak out at all? Oh, yeah, like, like if ah! you if you killed one guy, did other people notice? Yeah, and, like get scared, like, shooting nice. at me yeah. and stuff. Um. <laughs> and the way I play Kyrian yeah. is I creep and then flesh grip. Um, when you're when you're creeping up on these enemies, uh, do you like hear them interacting or, or I guess I reading you dialogue? You don't like or hear anything? them like talking really okay. or anything like that. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, you you can also move real fast in this game, <laughs> yeah. real fast. So if you know what you're doing, I bet like when you hit like that comfortability of playing the game for a while, yeah, you're just gonna be like flying through like a killing machine. Brad, I imagine just the speed and the way that you move and the tools that you have available. This game will be awesome to watch speedrunners it, just demolish. I was thinking that as I was playing it. Nice. I meant to ask the guy that, but I forgot to. But I was super impressed. Weird game, cool concept. I had a really good time with it. I want to play more. And the idea of it having like a hub kind of world that they're inspired by Zelda for in this design. Yeah. Sounds so like where you're a weird space alien. <laughs> yes. Give it up. Give it up. Give is there it up any was there any lore for its origin? Uh they wouldn't tell me. Cool. 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 There was oh, like I hope the, that's the less the better. Baby. There yeah. was yeah. There I was, hope it's there yeah, was like reveal. other life beings inside things that would shake it, rip it open, and I'd get like new ability. That's how I got like the web ability and stuff like that. Awesome. Uh was Keanu Reeves in it? Yes. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh Brad, we've had many chefs bring many things to Noodles and Broth. For, for a number of years now, uh, but that, boy, I think that was just as, about as strong of an opening as you could ask Thank for. You, chef. Which means, Brandon, you're going to have to <laughs> follow it up. All right. I shouldn't stay on the desk. Dude, I'm stoked Brandon, what, what do you got for, you know, this time we're going to start with the broth. Oh, mix it up. oh dude. Yeah. Oh. Expect this this okay. is the kind of excitement you could well, expect on Frame Trip. Well, uh, my offering is also from another world. What? Uh, but it's definitely, you know, not as, I mean, it is pretty funny watching scientists scream and die, but, uh, and you definitely do got to watch human beings scream and die, because in my game, you are destroying all oh, nice. humans. Nice! nice dude. Dude, Don just yeah, fist pumped Don? right now. Well, I'm gonna fist pump with Don, because I love both of those games. Oh. And I played this at Judges Week. And you, I walk into the room, THQ Nordics, at a hotel. I know, like, when I see it on the sheet, I'm like, I know where that room is. I know exactly where to go. Walking down the stairs, 
pop in. What do we got? We got a little Desperados 3 over here. Okay, I'll check that out. We got uh, an interesting World War II game that you know, I'm looking forward to talking about later. Uh, we got that Darksiders Genesis. I'm curious about that. And then, lo and behold, Destroy All Humans. Not Destroy All Humans 3. Not Destroy All Humans, you know, dehumanized or some catch. Just Destroy All Humans, end quote. And I just exclaimed out loud, destroy all humans! <laughs> and I can see like the three or four devs like by the PCs and they were like really proud. Like, alright, well we got we got one of them. We destroy all humans! I love the Xbox! Yeah. <laughs> so, wait on the PC, but still. Uh, so, I immediately knew I was in good hands when I boot this game up and it gets to the first cutscene. And, Chef, I want to ask you to try to, try to recognize when you see... There's a difference between a, a good remaster, like, oh, that, that I'll play that. They did a good job. And they clearly kind of, like, started with a blank slate. Like, mm -hmm. they had the idea of kind of what these cutscenes look like, what these characters look like. The design hasn't necessarily changed. Which which can be weird, because when, the, when they start with that blank slate, yeah. sometimes you get, like, an approximation, and yes. it doesn't feel quite right. Or they focus on one element, but not so much other things. So you get, like, a really good-looking character in a really weird background. Mm -hmm. uh, and cutscene opens, his very classic... Ed Wood, Plan 9 from Outer Space, UFO comes, and I just look at this UFO and I'm like, they rebuilt that. That's a that's not a glossed up texture from the Xbox days. Like, that's clearly like a redone texture. Uh, and for those who are not familiar, Strail Humans, you play as, oh boy, I forgot his name, but you play as this, uh, uh, you know, alien that is sent to Earth to kind of like scan, kind of see what's going on. So it's, you know, even though it has the Destroy All Humans name, uh, even like that is in the title, and you all will be doing terrible, terrible things to human beings, there's a lot of stealth involved. There's a lot of subterfuge. There's a lot of uh, sneakiness that happens in the game. And so this first area is the beginning of the game. You're on a farm, classic, you know, uh, alien sci-fi. You got cows and pissed off farmers. And, um, and you land and you have a very pushy boss who does not like the main character and, uh, you know, is, is, is basically like, your job is on the line. I'm really counting on you to do this. And so what's, what's fun about this game is just this attitude of this main alien guy. Like, he just doesn't, doesn't like humans, doesn't like his job, just never seems to be happy about anything, <laughs> always griping, always bitching. So he gets dropped onto this farm, and uh, they do a really good job in a very short amount of time, giving you all sorts of fun tools to, to play with. It escalates from you, like, mind-reading a chicken to that the end, you're up in your UFO just lasering tanks as the military shows up and are driving in. And obviously, like, you'll get those abilities later on in the game and you get introduced to bigger environments. But it, it, it was fun because I'm like, I don't, again, it's been years since I played on the Xbox. And uh, so I'm like, I don't know uh, comparatively if this is, like, exactly the same. I would imagine the script is the same. And they are, mm. uh, it's the same voice actors. It's, like, the cool. same recordings and the same music and everything. Um, but I just really liked how playful a lot of it was. How it, I think it strikes a good balance between... I can goof around and, and have fun with these abilities, but it's also kind of tricky because I don't just want to rush at the military like I do want to be sneaky about this. Uh, you have telekinesis abilities. You can pick things up, throw them around. Uh, really great physicality with all the different objects with humans are flailing their arms around. Cows are just mooing and, like, flailing their arms around. Yeah. Uh, you can mind read just any sort of animals. You can mind read, you know, the farm animals. You can mind read cows. Uh, you can mind read the humans. And uh, it was just kind of playful and silly in this demo, but later on, if memory serves, when you're trying to break into places, you start to learn relationships between NPCs and who's in charge, and they give you certain pieces of information. Um, and then you also have a jetpack and a laser, and then eventually later in this demo, a, a UFO. And again, just like when these tanks are blowing up, like if this game came out 
now in 2019 if this previous games had never happened and there's just a game called destroy all humans coming out now i'd be like that looks charming and fun i'm not sure how big that budget was but like yeah i might check that out but given that i had already played this game and i'm seeing them you know up res it you know create just new visuals for a new generation um i it just I, they put a little more work into this than i was expecting especially since not a franchise i thought was going to come back no rumors of this happening that i knew and so this just like completely came out of nowhere and I didn't get to sample any of this, but they talked about how they want to... They're adding, like, little secrets here and there. Like, a little area you might not remember. Like, little bosses. Especially since there was Destroy All Humans 2 as well. So I'm wondering if they maybe bring in some characters or some functionality that they added to to to, uh, to 2 to 1 this time around. But um, I, I, I think I only played for 10 minutes. And I, you know, just like your grin when that shotgun went off, I was like, yes. <laughs> I love uh, this guy. I love this franchise. Um, some, sometimes humor, and I feel like maybe especially video game humor, uh, doesn't always age the, the best, uh, and the, the PS2, Xbox era of video game humor. I can, like, think of box arts and just, like, attitudes that they were going for that were, like, very crude and crass, and that's, that, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but sometimes, you know, maybe that doesn't hit as hard today, uh, as it did back in, then, and I'm not that familiar uh, with Destroy All Humans, which is obviously very going going for a very specific style and vibe. But did you find it, I guess, equally charming and funny as you yeah. did all the way back then? I think one of the key elements, uh, and they, uh, the stuff might still be in the game, it just wasn't in this prologue. It's a it's a parody, capital P parody. I mean, it's directly making fun of very specific things, a whole like drive through sci fi attitude from you know the the fifties and sixties. But it never really makes like a direct connection. Like there are no jokes where I'm like, I missed that. I don't know what actor they were referencing, or I don't, you know, mm -hmm. I yeah, I'm not, uh, you know, didn't see that movie, missed that joke. It's kind of just a general attitude. Yeah. And one of the things that I think that game did so well and was so fun, kind of infiltrating this world, pretending to be people, you know, uh, um, you know, like burying into their minds and learning their deepest, darkest secrets, is it just seems like everyone is against this guy. It's just like even his own, you know, uh, uh, Martians like don't like him. Your boss doesn't like you. The military is just constantly saying nasty things about the alien threat. Um, you know, it's it's really fun to just, when you cause chaos, to have the military show up to have police shooting at you, and everyone is just so angry and frustrated. And it's just really fun to kind of be in the middle of all of that. And from what I remember, what was really neat is it was open world, but they had... Uh, smaller areas. I think there was like two or three areas in the game, and so you definitely got us. By the time you got to know an area, by the time you identified, oh, that's the big base I got to take over, then you could move on to a new area. There would be different vibes, different NPCs, uh, and so like it wasn't something where you had a ton of freedom right away to explore everything. But I just uh, there was like a really nice pace in uh, how much you felt you were accomplishing, how easy it was to fast travel. You got the jetpack. Uh, I believe, it, it, I didn't do this in the demo, but I believe there was, like, other stealth you could go invisible or something. I know I remember, like, sneaking around through alleyways a lot in the, in the prior games. Um, and it just, uh, for the, I, I was just really impressed with the demo that I played for the amount of time, how good the game looked compared to just, frankly, my expectations. Like, mm -hmm. not only in just what we get in general from remasters, but if you have something like as revered as Silent Hill get treated as poorly as it did when that got remastered, yeah. to have something like Destroy All Humans that I never thought it, you know, would come back again, to come back and have a style that really fits, you know, how, how, how fun you can make these characters look. Um, definitely evocative of cinema, but still very cartoony and silly at the same time. So it's and a remaster, not a remake? 
It is a remaster. Remaster, okay. They, I, they, it was one of those things where, like, you know, PR speak. They said it to them, they're like, well, it's a little bit of both. It's a remaster. Like, it's, it's. And, Let me tell you, PR. right? And one of the big indicators <laughs> for me is it's, it's the same script, it's the same actors, yeah. same performances, and so on. It's, it's really that through line. Totally. Like, I think the, the remaster part of it is that they really. They didn't want to be beholden to anything that didn't work anymore. You know, if there was some mechanic that they felt was outdated, they might have changed that. Mm -hmm. If there were story elements they wanted to add or scenes they wanted to take out, like, they didn't feel like, well, that'll be, you know, um, we won't, you know, we'd be upsetting fans or, like, we want to, you know, uh, you know, keep the integrity of the original game. It's like, I think people love Destroy All Humans, but they're not going to be offended. We're like, that one weird mission that doesn't hold up isn't in the game anymore. So I think that's maybe what they mean. Uh, so I feel like sometimes with, with remakes and remasters, it can be kind of hard covering them because if you're already very familiar with it and you already like it going in, that's kind of the perspective that you're coming from where it's like, oh, hey, I remember. Uh, it's a remake. The only thing they kept was music and VO. So I got to change up my rule set. They wouldn't hire he you did for say the both. PR he, did, he said it was half. He was like, it was a remake and remaster. So. Um, but and it yeah. felt very familiar what I had played. The perspective, like, you're already going in having an attachment to Destroy All Humans, but I imagine for this remake, uh, <laughs> a lot of people will be coming, at, a lot of people will be coming to Destroy All Humans for the first time. Yeah. So from that perspective, do you think this game would be appealing to them? Like, what is it about this game, if you had to summarize it to somebody and be like, hey, this is why you should play this, this is the unique thing that really, like, is worth your time amidst all these other games? Uh, I just think of just how accessible it is. Like, there are stealth elements, like, there is strategy, two parts, but it's one of those games where if you want to tackle the, the tough, uh, um, you know, to progress through the game, if you want to tackle those really challenging missions, like, the game will throw some, some interesting stuff at you. But you can also just go read somebody's mind. You can also just go like blow up a cow. Like you get like there's those fun goofy things are so close at hand. You're there to be goofy. That yeah, you you can have fun doing that. Like just flying around in the UFO and blowing stuff up. Hmm. I was like, I w this could go on for ten more minutes. I'm really having a good time. This game seems to me to be the ab one of those absolute perfect gems for Xbox Gold and PS Plus. You know, sure. for you like this is one of those things where you see tweets where it's just like. If you're on PS Plus, please just download it and check it out because it's really, really, it's just, it's it's just a fun, uh, a release, you know. And and that's um, I love the open world genre, but specifically release. every now and then, uh, a couple times a year we get one, you know, like a Saints Row or something that's just like, you know, it's not really going to be that competitive with like gameplay elements that we're used to in this. You know, it's not it's no Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but um, you will definitely have fun with it. And it's got a fun vibe. And I, it, there's just not a lot in like that genre. Like, there's just not a lot of that, again, classic 50s, 60s, Twilight Zone kind of vibe. Brandon, you are coming after Doom Eternal and Carry On. It's, it's, it's a tough act to follow. Yeah. Uh, but you did a pretty damn good job. Mm -hmm. I did not Thank expect you. Yeah, you got me to destroy all humans mm -hmm. at all. And mm -hmm. what I have to say is I did not know that you had this love for it. So this, this is cool. It has been around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Why it would have never come up, you know? But No Broth... Yeah. Is complete without some thick noodles. Mm -hmm. Thick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what What are you bringing? So, uh, so I'm looking at a bowl right now of some of some odd some odd broth. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's uh, it's it's wholesome. It's nutritional. It's got but, an odor. But it's got it's there's a hmm, there's just an interesting kind of funk to it. Yeah. So you know to to balance things out, uh, I want to have noodles that are, are very wholesome. You know, the, the, these noodles are uh, made with natural ingredients. Uh, these are good for you know very healthy. There's lots of lots of lots of vitamins uh, in in these noodles. Mm -hmm. uh, these noodles were made on a on a on a farm with love and care. <laughs> organic. These are organic noodles provided to you by 
Dragon Quest Builders 2. Yeah. yeah. Which, appropriately, in the demo that I played, was all about farming. Oh. Uh, this, man, this game, Ben, just, I, I this was the hands-down nerdiest appointment I've had so far at E3 2019, <laughs> including Judges Week. Because I spent this entire time with the headphones on. And this is just at, this isn't like in a private room or something. This is at the booth. So mm -hmm. I'm next to just like people that waited in line, like we were just playing this game. And I would like every like two minutes, I would take the headphones off and grab one of the guys and be like, is this? And they're like, yep. I'm like, and that wasn't in the first game. They're like, nope. And we'd both be like, oh. and then like I put the headphones on and go back to the yep. game. And then two minutes later, I'd be like, what? They're like, yeah, we they changed that too. Um, they just went through this game that I love. There was one specific note that they did, and I'm like, yes, that was something that really pissed me off about the first game that they fixed. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think I'd be happy if they'd just done that. But there were just like lots of other fun quality of life uh, things. The only bad thing I have to say about Dragon Quest Builders 2, it was a time demo, and it felt like five minutes. Like, the, it was not. It was probably like 15 or 20, but man, man when that clock ran out. You are not used to being cut off for Builders, shattered. man. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Shattered. Uh, but as somebody who played through the first game twice on different platforms, like what what would you say is the biggest thing where you're like, hell yeah, like thank you for this? Um, I think one of the things that, and this is again me like reading into the future, and you know, for for viewers at home, we might have some people in Japan that are like, I, I beat this game. What are you talking about? <laughs> like this game's been out in Japan, so these are a lot of improvements that like I, I could have checked out streams or I could have read up on, but uh, because it's been so painful to wait for this game, I've chosen to just kind of like ignore a lot of the press. Well, because I, mean, I, I know this is something that I'm going to check out. You you have limited time. It's like, okay, well, when you get a free second, it's either read another anime book or right. check out Japanese Dragon Quest Builders 2 videos. You, a, man, a man has to make a choice. And, you know, uh, yeah, I'm working on my conversational Japanese, but it's just <laughs> not, it's just not there yet to the point where I can watch streams. But, uh, uh, I think one of the biggest things, uh, the most surprising moment, the biggest one where I, I shut those headphones right off and I was like, did I just see what I thought I saw? <laughs> uh, as you know, Ben, you have uh, friends and, 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 and neighbors that will follow you around on quests. And uh, you, I begin this demo with a friend named Malroth. Malroth's got a little bit of an attitude. Malroth's not a big fan of the stuff that we're doing. He and... uh, has like this awesome like spiky black hair bundled up in a ponytail. Uh, in the the CG opening, he's like has this giant like uh, club that he's wielding. I I think you would like him a lot. So we 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 land in this this we take a boat to a foreign land, which was interesting. There was a lot of magical teleportation in the first game, and this one's just much more practical. Like we've gone to, and you mentioned you played the first demo, which I'm curious to. Yeah, the there were two two different demo parts. Yeah, the second one he recommended. That. He's like, do you play Builders One? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, then go straight to go straight to the second demo. Uh, we take a boat to this land. Uh, Malroth's not feeling it. Uh, but at the same time, like, he's got attitude, and he doesn't always have my back, but at the same time, like, we finish an objective together, and we both, like, jump in the air and give each other a high five. Oh, so, like, man, good vibes, so good vibes. Sick. But I, I have to construct something, and so I'm running out to grab the materials, and I have to grab, uh, blades of grass or something like that. And it's tricky because there's, like, little four-leaf clover-looking things, and then every now and then a blade of grass. And so I'm, like, hunting for that. Finally find one, and I hit it, and Malroth goes, oh, cool, and he runs over, and he collects one. And so there's a lot of like automated stuff like that. There's a lot of like you had to there's a lot of really fun functionality in Builders 1 where you could uh, have assign people to specific tasks or rooms. But this one, like the AI kind of assumes what's going on and just takes over. So one of the objectives that I had to do was to build a scarecrow, which was like a slime crow technically because it had like the slime face Aww. with the hat on. And 
to start the like patch where we were going to start growing stuff, I had to put that in the middle of it. You had to do that with flags in the original game, which you might have to do in this game, I don't know. And the moment I started doing that, Rosie, this farmer that we had met, immediately started tilling the soil and comp and working on that mission uh, mission objective. Mm -hmm. So I could then go on and start building something or doing something else, and I could see the mission objectives adding up because it's like she's just automatically started doing that. And there was automated stuff in the first game, but it was always just supplies. It's like you built a kitchen. When people feel like it, they'll go in and make something. But it was neat to see Rosie be like, no, I'm a farmer. I, of all the NPCs you've met, I'm the one that's really interested in the thing you're doing now. And so it's interesting seeing, you know, having NPCs just kind of naturally, you know, take over and do things. And especially resource gathering. It was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, you can imagine, like, you know, they might have this now. I haven't played Minecraft in a long time. But, like, having friends, like, you know, auto AI friends follow you around and resource yeah. gather. Not only resource gather, but pay attention to what you're re gathering, and then they look for that item. I think that's super smart. Um, so, yeah, that, that made me super happy. A lot of the other stuff was really just kind of quality of life improvements, but I love every single one of them. One huge one... That would seem kind of obvious was in the original game, if you wanted to make an item at anything, at any of this, the, the different like um, benches you could build where you would build different things, you could make one of it or you could make as many of something as you could possibly make. Mm -hmm. But if you wanted to make like six, you had to make one and then two and then three and then four. Now you can just pick the number. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, thank you. Uh, so really, really, I consider that a, a simple fix, but I was just so happy when I saw that. Uh, you can, there, I had one item that I think was like a power glove or something. It was like, yeah. like a, a gauntlet that, and you can just pick something up. Yep. They, so, they give you that you're on a ship. Oh, the in the demo. Yep. Okay. And they, they go through that whole process. Yep. And, uh, so like, uh, it freaked me out the first time it happened because I'm just getting used to, they, they changed the controls around a little bit. And so I accidentally pressed that and just like picked up a tree mm -hmm. and I was like, <laughs> oh, cool. So like, if I want to like. You know, it, it, it bummed me out because there were some times where, like, I would there'd be some object somewhere. And I'm like, I like that object. That thing's cool. But in the old game, I just had to destroy it and collect the resources. And it's neat to just be like, no, I want the tree to be there. And like, okay, cool. Um, so I dug that. Um, uh, there is a first-person mode now, which rules. It's so cool, Brandon. <laughs> it is so, so cool. And you can just seamlessly go into it by just clicking in the right stick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the old game kind of had that. And the way that it would work is... If you would go into a room where the walls were so close to your character, it would just kind of auto-adjust, like, whoa, okay, you just walked into that room, and I'm just going to kind of hug the walls. And so it would, like, be close to you, but maybe move into first person, depending on where you were in the room. And that was, like, something that I was problematic about the first game, but something that I played so much of it that I just got used to it. It was definitely a hurdle to get over, but by, like... The time I finished PS4 and then booted up the next one at Switch, like, I didn't really think about it. But to actually, like, just like a first-person exploration game, just walk through all these environments and, mm -hmm. and, and I think, get more comfortable creating smaller rooms and not feel so claustrophobic where you're just like, I can't, you know. And it's, it's also it's nice. It's tough to see the environment when I'm in a room. Just meeting a new character and being able to go into first person and really get a good look at them. Because it's, it's fun, nice. you know, when they, like, cook. You yep. know, you can see them doing stuff. You can see the items that they're making. And so it's, like, it's neat to... Uh, granted, I... Went to, I was in an open environment right at the point where they laid down a blueprint and I just started to build something. Clock ran out, so uh, I didn't get a chance to like actually like go indoors and, t and check first person. But even just outdoors, I was like, oh, love it. Um, one of the things uh, that I think is a little bizarre, I'm curious to see how this plays out. Mm. I don't know if you confronted this in the demo, but when uh, I planted the scarecrow down, Rosie got really excited and she started tilling the soil. And then a little heart popped out of her. And I went over and grabbed the heart, and it registered as a gratitude point. Oh. I did not see this at all. Damn. And I don't know what I use these for or spend these on, but she was like, uh, I, like, 
she notices me pick it up and she's like, whoa, what, what did you just do? And I'm like, oh, I just picked up this thing. And she's like, God, that's funny because I just felt this sense of like fulfillment for a moment there. Like I really felt like I was doing what I should be doing and that everything was going to be okay. And I got really happy. And she's like, yeah, if, if you found that, like you should collect those. Mm. And I was like, okay, like Rosie's working in the soil, dropping things on the floor and I'm picking them up. I'm not sure <laughs> how I feel about that, but, uh, and I hope, you know, like, I think my biggest fear is that like you get a vil you get a town full of 20 people and it's just hearts all over the place. Like, I don't know how prevalent that is. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't know what the, the benefit is, like how much of that you want to spend, but, uh, um, I hope that's not an eyesore. Also, too, if you like, because I want to step back and like look at, ah, look at my creation and look at all the people <laughs> doing busy work. And if it's just, yeah. and if it's just like, you know, multicolored hearts just bouncing all over the place, it's yeah. like, whoa, calm down. Um, but, uh, and again, all of this was in just what felt like a very, very short amount of time. When uh, the heart came out, did you do anything to do it or it was just, it was just her? She, she was just happy with okay, what she was okay. doing. Cool. Social link. Uh, yeah. uh, so Brandon, I was actually running late to the Dragon Quest Builders 2 appointment because we were, before that, we were, Damiana and I were fighting a, the new Primal in Shadowbringers, uh, and that was taking some time, and then going Humble over break. to Dragon Quest Builders 2, and you had the two options, so you had the build one and then you had the story, yeah. and I was kind of hoping that I would get a chance to play both, um, because I really wanted to see, like, how the beginning of the game played out and what the context was. Uh, but I did not, unfortunately, which is kind of a bummer. So I didn't get to play build mode. But the, the way they're setting up the story is really, really cool. And I think I can come at this from a slightly different perspective than a lot of the like practical gameplay improvements that you saw. Uh, because I really love the setup of this game. And I really love the setup of the first builders. Um, because it takes place... So at the end of Dragon Quest I, you can make you can make a choice, basically, to uh, side with the Dragon Lord. And that's the like timeline that... Builders is set where everything goes bad. Well, at the end of Dragon Quest 2, you don't get a decision like that. And so they can't really do the same trick twice. And so what happens is, you know, the ultimate evil is defeated, but all of his henchmen are like, no, we still want to cause a ruckus. And so they kind of just go off on their own. And the intro has so much more personality and, and story to it than the intro of Dragon Quest Builders 1 had where the beginning of Dragon Quest Builders 1 is actually pretty brief like it's all that stuff is just kind of window dressing over the core of the gameplay and this felt a lot more crafted um, because you're on this boat and you're like kind of being you're not really held captive but you're kind of being bullied by all these talking monsters and they all have their own personalities and they're kind of cracking jokes and um you, you're going through the tutorial and you're learning all of the mechanics of the game, but it's just really entertaining uh, going through all of that dialogue. And you kind of have, uh, it's not just like, hey, you're doing this stuff, but it actually ends up with kind of this exciting moment where they want you to learn how to pick stuff up and how to place blocks, but they do it where like, oh no, there's holes in the ship that are appearing. And so in order to save us, you have to go and... Uh, pick up boxes and, and quickly try to go and plug up the holes. And so it just felt like way more of an event than what you got in the first game. And just the the kind of the UI, and I feel like the presentation as a whole is like a little bit more vibrant mm -hmm. um, because then the ship does crash and you're on this like deserted island and you go and you meet this survivor and she gives you your first task and to kind of illustrate 
the different objectives that you have to do for this task, you have like little pictures that kind of show up each thing. And it just, everything just felt a little bit clearer, a little bit more vibrant. Um, and the story, maybe it's not, maybe it's just that intro. Maybe it doesn't carry through for the whole game. Um, but I thought it was a little bit more grabbing uh, than what it was in Dragon Quest Builders 1. So I thought that was cool. Uh, Lore-wise, you also had this like, like, um, like a god almost speaking to you, like yes. you know, like, uh, yeah, like yeah. Uh, just in your head, and and you were the only person that could hear it. And there was definitely the sense of like you're very important, like we need you, builder, to go save the world. And yeah. in this, it's just you and your buddies, you know. And so like, mm -hmm. it, I, like I'm excited to see if they decide like like the story is maybe going to take a step back and we're going to focus more on your relationship with all of these people. And in the first game also, and I'm curious if this carries over, you would actually say goodbye to all of the characters and there were four chapters and every time you'd move like from one to two to three to four, you would completely leave the other world behind goodbye. Mm -hmm. And like you would leave all of your items, all of your, uh, your stuff and your friends. And so I'm wondering if like they're going to do that or if a couple people carry over or if, if everyone's connected, like you can always go back to that original area um, and I think both work like in the first game was kind of fun to like start over, you know, and like, okay, I'm, I'm getting better at this whole building thing. So like yeah. now that they, you know, you know, start from scratch, it's kind of fun to like pr to prestige almost, you know, and like, um, you know, uh, uh, apply what I've learned. One final thing that was a little weird because it's, it's been a little while since I played builder. So I forgot like, oh yeah, right. Jump is circle and like, oh, right. Attack is triangle. Mm -hmm. And like, there's just some weird buttons that like you don't normally get, uh, in games like this. I want to actually talk about combat a little bit, um, because combat was definitely like a weak aspect of Dragon Quest Builders 1. Not a hard game. Yeah. At all. Yeah. At and all. <laughs> obviously not the the main focus of it, not the main appeal. Yeah. Um, but something I noticed, it's very similar where it's still very mashy. But in Dragon Quest Builders 1, I felt like when you fight enemies, you're just kind of like slamming into each other. Yeah. Um, and there were exceptions to that, uh, depending on the type of enemy that you were fighting. But even a basic skeleton warrior in Builders 2, it's just kind of like the, the tutorial fight that you're doing. I felt like its attack animations were a little bit more deliberate. So you just had a little bit more room to kind of maneuver and get out of the way. And still very, very similar, not like this huge transformative upgrade. Um, and I guess I'd have to play Builders 1 to double check, but it felt a little bit hmm. better uh, uh, from, like, just a, a presentation perspective, okay. I think. So, uh, be curious to get your thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, uh, I mean, there were a couple new enemy types, which was fun, uh, mm. but yeah, the no nothing about the combat necessarily jumped out at me yeah. uh, as, as, as being different. Yeah, just, just slight, but, mm. like, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I felt like I could get a sense of it. Uh, but the one final thing that initially I was like, you know, because, you know, you, you fear change in franchises that you love, especially with controls. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wait, that's different. I'm not sure if I like that, but I love it. Uh, so in the previous game, you just like Minecraft, like on the bottom would be all of your tools. So you'd have to decide if you're going out like, all right, how many pickaxes do I want to bring? Because these, these things are going to break. You know, what weapons do I want to bring? Um, you know, how, how versatile do I want my inventory to be? Because I'm also going to be picking stuff up while I'm out in the world. And... Uh, so, but it was tricky because if I'm like, oh, I'm building stuff, so I'd have my hammer out and I'm like smack, you know, like knocking down tunnels and stuff. And then an enemy would pop up. I would usually just like use my hammer because I'm like, that's in my hands. Like, I don't want to have to switch to something because it's just some dumb thing that I have to hit. Now your um, excavating tools and your weapon are totally separate. So when you equip your weapon, your weapon is always triangle. That is the only thing that button does is it attacks enemies. And your, um, uh, anything that is selected, like of your, the tools that you use is the right trigger. So, like, you'll you'll never confuse that. So you can be, like, going through a tunnel, and then some guy pops up, weapon, 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 and then back to building. 
And it actually is kind of nice having it be the trigger because if you just hold down the trigger, he'll just constantly be smacking like he does in, you know, the, you know, even just like the game intro, you just see him like walking mm -hmm. around smacking yeah. the blocks. Uh, and so that felt really great. And like one of my favorite things that they do that uh, Portal Knights doesn't do, Minecraft doesn't do, again, there might be some mod or update to Minecraft that I haven't seen, but uh, you can strafe. Uh, when you're building stuff, so it makes it just, just like putting a line of blocks so easy. And you can also look up and look down or look straight forward. So if you're like on a block looking down, and this was true in the first game, but uh, it's just what I love about um, the, specifically the way they do world building, literally. Uh, and uh, it's also nice when you're looking up. So if you want to do a wall, you just bump, 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 bump in one direction, then look up and just go back. And then there's like a two block wall that took 15 seconds to put together. Um, and... Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it, but uh, this was a time demo, and I was sad when it was over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but it's just it's just so nice to see something that's taking a, like a slight risk here or there with updating it, you know, in the interest of just making it feel better. Mm -hmm. But uh, it just seemed like there was a whole checklist, and they were like, "That's better now. That's better now. That's better now." Yeah. Um, like if this was a an ongoing PC game, this was a killer update. <laughs> you yeah. know, like that just made quality of life all over the place. It's something where I feel like you can just kind of imagine what it's like already. Uh, you don't, you probably don't really need to get your hands on it to get a sense of it. But I'm just so excited about co-op that I wish that was part of the yes. demo. That would be really cool because that's one of the biggest new features of Dragon Quest. Bill and I so. wonder if the demo that comes out on Ju July 12th. Yes, I wonder we'll if have that the, will have co-op. Yeah, the or demo, how, how different that will be compared to this. I imagine it'll just be the same as the Japanese demo, like Dragon Quest Builders One was. But I'm not sure if the Japanese demo had co-op or not. So. Yeah. Brandon, I could feel the passion, man. I could feel the love for Dragon Quest Builders, which is absolutely awesome. Uh, which means, last but certainly not least, Michael P. Huber, you have Whoa. some intense competition. I know, man. Jeez. I think you're gonna. Passion. I think you're gonna need to bring out your your noodles. Um. <laughs> quick question though, Chef. What is? Do you have a favorite skeletal warrior? <laughs> My favorite skeletal warrior. Mm -hmm. I know how much skeletal warriors mean to you, so I don't just want to like throw something out. Yeah, I'll need to. I'll need to stew on. Sit it. on it. Yeah. I got one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Stalfos from Zelda. Stalfos. Okay. Those are good. All right. Uh, Skyrim, hands down, because uh, I just bow and arrow exclusively in that game, and they just explode, and it feels so good to have them notice you and go running up the hallway at you. Next. Excellent. I feel like. Um, my skeletal warrior like may not be from a video game. Yeah, so I have to think. Army of Darkness, cool. good skeletal. What's warriors. the skeletal pirate from Killer Instinct again? <laughs> I don't know the name of it, but I know exactly what you're thinking. That was like the, the bandana. Yeah, and that sword and shield. Wait, what, yeah, what, yeah. what were we doing? <laughs> guys, sick. Yeah, asking shit questions. Yeah, <laughs> skeletal Spinal. warriors. Thank I'll have you. to think about it. <laughs> Spinal. Yeah. Spinal. So noodles first. Noodles first. I need some thick noodles. Some thick. <laughs> Noodles coming to you courtesy of a premier developer in the industry. Control. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Control our mind noodles today. Sam Lake presents. Sam Lake presents. <laughs> noodles. Remedies. Control. Uh, you know how Don was. Fist pumping for destroy all humans. Yeah. Ian is double fist pumping for control. Ian's right weeping right now. Yeah, weeping blood. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I got to play this uh, sitting right next to Ian, and it was awesome. And I really want to talk about. Well, I did want to talk about that, but let me just talk about the ray tracing really quick. <laughs> I thought of my favorite skeletal warrior. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ray tracing. Yeah. No, uh, the skeleton knight in Berserk. Awesome. Oh, perfect. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, he is sick. Yep. For nostalgia's sake, I'm going to say uh, Jason and the Argonauts. You know? Right on. Just classic. Does the T-800 count? Harry Housen. Is that a skeletal warrior, Jones? Yeah, T-800, sure. the yeah, end the of Terminator 1. Definitely more skeletal than warrior. Okay. You know? Yeah. Def definite soldier vibes, yeah. but... Kind of Only at Easy Allies will you have game impressions interrupted by <laughs> talk of Skeletal Warriors. Yeah, shout out to Dark Souls Skeletal Warriors. Yeah, and the, Demon Souls, dude. 4-1. Literally, Let's the, go. literally the, game, the game's Skeleton Warriors right now is like, what the hell? What the hell, man? <laughs> Control. Something that we were really hyped on. Something we were really hyped on last year that yes. we just had glowing kind of first impressions on. Yeah. How does it keep in the torch burning? So first and foremost, <laughs> half jokingly, but but half serious, the ray tracing, the visuals. This game is gorgeous. It is so beautiful, so much better visually than when I last saw it. Like actually blown away by the visuals. Um, the 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 ray tracing, because you know, they were hyping it up. It was so hyped that like, <laughs> like in the bottom right. You could just have it say like RTX on, like what? with an a logo, dude. For ray tracing. They didn't give me that at my demo. If you wanted to like capture it with the like Hell ray yeah. tracing, did you? No, no. Oh, I turned it off. Oh, turned it off. man, that would so. Good. You should have left it on for like a little bit. Yeah, you, yeah. you should have done it. I think the beginning probably has it. The clip, dude. The clip. I I played this for like thirty minutes. The clip was like twenty gigs. <laughs> So, so I'm assuming this was, this was just on PC. Yeah. That's nice. This was on they PC. They had that for Borderlands 3 as well. Uh, the ray tracing got me, though. Like, the, 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 gimm the graphical gimmicks get me when they actually add to the game. And I was, like, in a, in a, um, like a, a boiler room or whatever, and there was, like, a, not a mirror, but just, like, a, a reflective surface. And I could just make out the outline and the details of my character, just those extra little details coming through with the ray tracing. Uh, uh, but the main attraction, the main, the, there's a couple main reasons I want to talk about Control. One of them was, I was sitting right next to Ian, and wow, this game is really like Metroidvania. Yes. Like, mm. we went in completely different area, like areas, you know, he was somewhere else, I was somewhere else. That's we were, cool. We were, like, talking to each other. I was, like, like Ian and I legit talked to each other a bunch of times. I was, like, well, where are you? Like, how'd you get there? He's, like, wait, how'd you get there? Like, I, I need to go. Is this the right way? And then everybody else down there was just, like, shh, quiet. Come on, man. Shut up. Hushed tones. We talked in hushed tones. Can you am, turn it up? I am, ca I am capable. All the way. Tones. How'd I turn it up? <laughs> hey, I said please, all right? I have manners. Uh... You were shouting in the room. The head with the headphone shout. You yeah. Know, like, no, what? <laughs> uh, max volume. <laughs> max volume, please. Uh, the the Metroidvania element was on display, and just Remedy is so good at world building and really sucking you into the world, and like you take this elevator down, and you're in kind of the the underbelly of the the old house and there was just so many different ways to go and it just felt like i was not only exploring this location 
but like trying to get it back up and running. You know, it, it, it gave me the vibe of like, I gotta, this place is falling apart. There's, it all hell is breaking loose. We gotta like get it under control. And what's really cool is there's other kind of like human characters around because you're the director and like I went into this back room and there's people like examining a crime scene. So just a lot of these moments that have you stop and take a knee that I really appreciate. Cool. Uh, how did the combat feel? Combat's the other thing like to talk about <laughs> remedy best in the biz like the best in the entire business <laughs> with combat you will, you will defend it with your no, life no okay. that's Sekiro Sekiro's best combat I was like you biz. just told me that <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> today 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 so Quantum Break may not be their best game but it really does have some of their their best combat mm. um and this has a lot of similarities with Quantum Break it ha you have the dodge, you have the, you know, the telekinesis throw. It just feels a lot cleaner, a lot more refined. And I only had a few abilities. I had the, 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 like, telekinesis throw and the dash. The dash feels so good. I wish mm -hmm. I, could, I wish I could show my footage for The this. air dashes? Yeah, there's, like, air dash, a lot of platforming. Again, so much exploration. And the combat's so good because... Things are just coming at you from all sides. They're ducking, covering. There's like these really creepy, dead corpse-looking demons mm. that just like unnervingly float at you and shoot things at you. And you try and you try to shoot them, and they just like freakily move out of the way. So it just captures that uh, that chaotic nature of combat perfectly. And the, the switching of the gun is cool because it's the same the pistol, mm -hmm. but it can be you can morph it. So really seamlessly you can just be like firing off your pistol rounds. If you run out of bullets, it needs to rechar recharge. So then you like switch over to the shotgun form. Shotgun feels great. They well you, you never really like got to see the weapon change then. <laughs> just kept well <laughs> the shotgun, man. I ran on ammo a little bit. I see. While it's recharging, gotta go pistol. <sighs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you shoot them and, like, just there's this blood red mist that pops out of them. So satisfying. Uh, and again, just the tone of this game is so incredible. All I want to do is just explore this place. It feels like a real place. A place just only in video games, man. It makes you just stop and love video games just exploring this location like we are doing this it's 2019 games look so good stories are so good and just going through these environments like we're there man we're there ray tracing uh speaking of the story yeah uh a game i think that is intentionally enshrouding itself in mystery did you get a sense of what was going on what your objective was why you care about this character yes I don't know if I want to say it. It was like at the very end of the presentation, they did give a little backstory, a little motivation for the character. Uh, there is some personal stuff with the character, some loss. You know, she's she's been through some things. Uh, you know, she just had a big, there's a tragic loss. But um, I like that she's kind of thrust into this role. Yeah, she's like a new director, right? Yeah, brand new director. So when you're talking to all these other people, it's like... They're kind of even more familiar with things, and they're more of an expert than her, even though she's the one in charge. Mm -hmm. So it's this really cool dynamic of, uh, like, 
not a fish out of water, but like she's she's in the deep end now, you know. Um, Hubert, he came out of the gates swinging. <laughs> Next question. Yeah. Does your broth also have a shotgun? And what is your broth? It does not have a shotgun. It has a pistol. Oh. So my broth is not something. It, I didn't think I would bring this game. It is not something I usually gravitate towards. But my broth is Journey to the Savage Planet. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Curveball, Brad. Very yeah. curveball. Yeah. Uh, why don't you gravitate to something like this? These games are usually way too overwhelming for me. There's just, you. it's it's the this prospect of like, here's a million things you can do. We're not going to give you any direction and there's no end credits. Like just <laughs> this daunting task and, and uh, commitment for these games. This is like a, a No Man's Sky survival planet game that's streamlined. They said they want people to finish this game. You said it's yeah, it's going to be about 12 15 hours. And I really really liked what I played of this game. What uh, kind of game is it? So it's like a it's a exploration like again, it's like No Man's Sky but like everything is streamlined and and parsed down. So I didn't get too many details, but I'm on this planet alone and I'm trying to refuel my ship to get off and get to like the next planet kind of like planet hopping um and it's you and your like ai ship companion and she's kind of helping you through like giving you directions kind of hey you know you need to find this tool for this reason and then i need to find fuel to refuel your ship but it's it's really colorful and really nice to play. The platforming was excellent. There were platforming sections. Is this third person? First person? First, first person, yeah. Okay. So first person. And you start out just with your pistol and like some some uh, goo grenades and what what um, goo grenades? Like a yeah, it's like a soda goo grenade <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing yeah, with the goo? I don't. It, it, you you <laughs> chuck it. Yeah. <laughs> you chuck these things. I had talked about this game with Jones before. Yeah. I've played this. Yeah. And I was like, use these things to lure these weird yeah. bug-eyed aliens. Yeah. And eating and stuff. Yeah. There's there's just so much weirdness to this game, but like. You know, you sit down at E3, you're playing the games. Like, some games, obviously, you walk into Final Fantasy VII, you're like, all right, anything less than a 11 out of 10 is a letdown. You walk into other games where you, you don't know what to expect. Uh, low expectations. So, naturally, you know, I, I just went in. I always go in open-minded, but low expectations. But what really got me was, first, the visuals. This game is really charming to look at. Tons of color, tons of variety. There was a big uh, vista that I was standing on, and there was like a snowy biome in the distance, and waterfalls, and, uh, and cliffs, and a jungle, and just a lot of strange creatures running around. Really unique looking alien life forms. And I was like, okay, awesome, awesome. Then I shot one of them, and... And then I fell in love. Yeah, and then just the satisfying pop. You shoot these things... And you just feel like it. You feel it pop, and just goo kind of splatters everywhere. This is disgusting. 
It but it's actually, not. It in doesn't a, pop actually. It's not in a. It doesn't like. Yeah, it doesn't burst. But you just feel yeah, like you feel the pop. Yeah, and and it it like kind of goes limp and it's like covered in in goo and everything. Did you feel weird at all coming to this strange planet and? <laughs> Looking at all this color and all these creatures, and then opening fire on them. Yeah, I, I mean they 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 shot first. You know, okay. they okay. come at you. <laughs> you are not the aggressor. Yes. Culpable. Yeah. Um. And then there's then there's all these RPG elements to dive into. You know, they're dropping resources, and then I can use those resources to upgrade again. Everything's streamlined, so it's not overwhelming. You can upgrade your gun, your jetpack. Your glove, which does like melee and oh, other abilities, yeah, you have a jetpack for like a double jump, ah. uh, and and there's like one or two other skill trees, and again, those aren't even overwhelming. There's like eight to twelve skills per category. Just everything about it was, was, was streamlined, so it just felt really comfortable and accessible to play for a genre that is usually intimidating to you. And to me, to me, um, yes. I, I really love so much of what you're saying. Uh, I guess a question that I have is, I think, to sell the strangeness of something, uh, it has to feel believable in terms of scale, or at least to, it has to like seem like it, it, it is bigger than maybe it actually is. Yeah. How was the size of what you were exploring? Big. So, like, maybe square area, mm -hmm. not, not Skyrim. Yeah. But verticality <laughs> very tall you look up to a mountain very tall ian and i both were struggling at points like how do you get down there how do you get mm. up there and that's kind of the puzzle the puzzle element and kind of the free form and again like there were things i needed to craft where i needed some resources so it holds your hand just enough there are some waypoints you can track some quests It'll lead you to a place, and then it's like, okay, now kind of figure out how to tra traverse further. Like, we got you here. Now you go the last little bit on your own. Did you feel like uh, when you darted off in different directions that you were finding different things? Like, you'd be finding different resources or different creatures? Or, like, how often were you stumbling upon, like, variety? A fair amount. I played, you know, only like 20 or so minutes, and sure. it's just the first biome. There's only like four of these areas, so yeah. not too many. Uh, but again, there was snow and like jungle and rock and stuff. And then one of the quests, it like brought me into this uh, like molten core vibes. <laughs> Huge lava everywhere, and there's even more platforming there. Like rocks are coming up and going down. And there's like little alien bugs shooting at you. Uh, then I found some like sci-fi tech but then also some like fantasy stone ancient looking tech so a really cool clashing there um yeah hubert when uh brad told me about this game he said three magic words that i know resonate with you very strongly ratchet and clank yes i thought yeah, i thought that's it, the tone of the game definitely it's ratchet and clank yes there is some humor and uh, oh, the, the, tra yeah. the trailer yeah. definitely has like, like a corporate vibe, almost yeah. outer worldsy, where it's just like, "Congratulations for signing up for this, you know, fantastic adventure. We're sure you're going to do great." And in the teaser yeah. trailer, like just bodies everywhere, and it's yeah. just, like very much like everything's going to go wrong. Yeah, you know, kind of Hitchhiker's Guide a little bit. Totally, just, like, you know, the fear of the the goofy fear of the unknown in space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you started off like kind of comparing it to No Man's Sky. Yeah, and thinking about my experience with No Man's Sky, something the an idea that I really liked is that when you 
you're, you're kind of cataloging these creatures that you see and, and taking yes. note of them. Is yes. that something that you can do yes. in Savage Planet? Oh, Ben, you're teeing it up for me. I almost <laughs> forgot about this. <laughs> you, uh, you have a scanner. Happy accidents. Yeah, you have a scanner and, a, like, again, like, stuff I usually don't find that interesting, I found so interesting. Uh, usually that stuff is tedious and boring, but it's like you scan things and it's just really stylized and cleanly presented. So you'll scan something and uh, like a, a card will pop up and it'll be like logged or whatever. Complete. Just really flashy. Dopamine. Just really, really clean and pretty and, and streamlined looking. Um, and it's really easy to find that stuff too because it'll... It'll kind of have a, a glint, so you're not just like scan this, scan this, scan this, scan this. It's like it kind of leads you to to know what you've scanned already and what you need to scan. Mm -hmm. So just really streamlined is the name of the word. Did you make the, the grappling the hook? That was the last thing I needed to do. Ran out of time right at the end. I got all the recipes, like huge thing to make this grappling hook, and then I needed like 15 more shards from mm. something, and I was like. Looking to kill things and trying to find the shards, and then we it was E three was over. <laughs> E three was over. <laughs> the day was over. I think that is not the only thing coming to a close, gentlemen. That is going to be oh, the once per year frame trap noodles and broth. Excellent job, great descriptions, great enthusiasm, passion, uh, and a nice variety of games. I think, um, and so of course, you guys. Uh, did impress the Jinra Mega Corporation, and you will now be allowed to live in Jinra Tower. Yay! Uh, but the CEO, who uh, intentionally keeps himself mysterious, what he likes to do is all of those who are now entered into the, the circle, into the society of Jinra, he likes to greet personally. And so you are ushered into an elevator, uh, and you're there for a long time, kind of just... Uh, Dealing with the realization that that you don't have to live in fear anymore now You have the safety of Jinra Tower and the door opens and a man in a black suit has his back to you And he turns around and he says gentlemen Nice to meet you My name is Shizuya Bornobu Shizuya Jr. And I would like you like to welcome you to our home and unfortunately usually I like this greeting to be very welcoming and jovial but I have some bad news we are under threat of a planned attack and the there are three individuals organizing the attack who have been enhanced but somehow uncorrupted by the D virus one of them wears a police vest with the letters RPD the other wields a wooden mallet and the third, Twin Blades. Will you have to deal with the attack? What will be the consequences? What is going on with General Corporation? Find out next year <laughs> on Frame Trap Noodles and Broth. Thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us. And a huge thank you to my guests, Michael Huber, Bradley Ellis, and Brandon Jones. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we have more impressions to give. We're going to be here. We're going to get some other people up here. Uh, talking about games, Daniel Bloodworth, if you can hear this, what is next on the agenda? Pokemon, Sword, and Shield. No! Yeah. Oh! Oh! Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to get to play it tomorrow, though. Oh, oh, yeah. 
We can talk about it again. I'm, okay. Dude, I'm way more excited to hear your you know take on it than, than yes. mine. We okay. just have uh, uh, Kyle has a very irregular schedule this week, and so Kyle will be not not staying with us for for the full. Oh, stream you gotta tonight. get you gotta get Kyle and up here so, talking about Pokemon. It's, gotta, just, it's yeah, right. It's gotta right. get it. Um, especially since there was no Detective Pikachu coverage at all from Easy Allies. So sure. Kyle Bossman and I will talk Pokemon Redemption. on the stage. Brand, I'm gonna correct you. We talked about Detective Pikachu on Frame Trap. Oh, sorry. Got okay. him. Okay. Oof. All right. Okay. Okay. Just from me. Got him, chat. I failed the Pikachu crowd. Um, no, it's okay. I'm just joking around. Uh, but yeah, let's do a little switcheroo. Get some new people up here. And let's talk cool. about some Pokemon. 